0: No, I think the Animatic thing is super smart. And I think that Squarespace sites, that's something that I've seen a few people do um and I think that being able to like incorporate music and video and visual elements like in some ways it's a lot better system for building decks I think than like Keynote is, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and we've we've kind of been towing the line between that. Like yeah. I think like last year we were more in the um Squarespace realm where because it was like easier for the team to do it cuz you don't have to be a designer it kind of designs it for you um right. and now we've been kind of experimenting with with hiring freelance designers and and ideally eventually we we can have a designer on on staff which would be amazing cuz we've we do realize the the power of that you know yeah. cuz there's so to design is like everything it's just like such a good way to kind of you know, inspire somebody to work with us, you know, kind of thing. So,
0: right. No, it makes a massive difference, you know, having like a branded, even if it is just like, I know some production companies I've worked with that you can tell that it's sort of like a template they use with their branding, but having something like that over just like whipping up a Google doc that, you know, I've, I've seen treat the whole range of treatments. Um, and having something that looks nice as silly as it is, makes such a big difference. You know, I think in everyone's experience,
2: yeah,
1: definitely. and and definitely. I'll say that the, when I was talking about the head scratching conundrum of, of animatics is that sometimes we've made amazing animatics and amazing Squarespace sites and still not won the business and then been like, oh shit, we just spent way too much time doing that, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, and then the video might come out and it looks eerily similar to what we had done. <laughs> so it's just like how, you know, Sometimes, like, do you give away too much? And is there like a quicker path to getting your ideas across and your passions across and, and your general working on your general reputation? I guess, you know. Um, so those are all things, those are like evolving topics. It's like we're still, right? We're still battling with that, you know?
0: Yeah. I would be really interested for you guys to read. Uh, win without pitching it's short it's also there's an audiobook version of it that's pretty good and then for us to, like um, have a follow-up conversation uh because he yeah, definitely yeah. has thoughts on a lot of these things and i book, you know book report yeah yeah we'll, it would we'll, be we'll really interesting The book club. but uh so okay so sorry go ahead uh blair ends b-l-a-i-r-e-n-n-s i love it and i'll Come put on. the link in the uh, in the show notes for anyone wants it well, it's he has funny. another book the- sorry go ahead
2: I was going to say, Dan. It's interesting that we haven't even mentioned Lindsay too. That that's a whole other part of the process as well.
1: Well, well, that's you know that's this um, this year, like we, we've we finally found an amazing collaborator. Uh, Lindsay Hagen came on board as our head of development. I think if you asked us last year what a head of development was, we probably wouldn't have even known what that is. But um, you know, basically. For the past 10 years, we've been kind of head down doing work, and work's been kind of kind of trickling to us. But as the team got bigger, it's important to like be out there selling, you know what I mean? So and then also developing um, concepts. So uh, developing series pitches, uh, branded content, docu- mini documentary pitches, things like that. So Lindsay, in a far more sophisticated way than we have historically, uh, been able to do, she's kind of, uh, really he- spearheaded those efforts in like a pretty awesome way, which is incredibly refreshing. And, you know, I think it'll take time to pay dividends, but like, I think it it shows like this amazing possibility for growth for gnarly Bay, um, right. which is amazing, you know,
2: and, and not it's only growth too, up. but that was when, when I said earlier that, you know, our North star was doing more meaningful work. It's like, Introduced Lindsay, and she's the one chasing down that meaningful work and and finding really cool stories and amazing collaborators, and so that's that she is a, a huge piece uh, piece of the puzzle as far as trying to actually bring that to fruition.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, because I I think what we told you know for years we've told our our guys you know our team that um, you know that we were that these are the kind of jobs we want to do, but meanwhile we were never like super proactively going out and chasing them you know like Mm -hmm. i think we can count on like one hand the amount of times we've pounded the pavement and gone out to like gone to new york and met with agencies or gone to boston and met with agencies like and now we're like proactively able to kind of like be like we want to tell these kind of stories and go find partners that will you know jump on board with us
0: that's very cool so like the, the one other thing I wanted to talk about, I, I, I mean, I'd love to talk about a million things, but the one other thing I definitely wanted to talk about, at least at some point is this, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. Whatever this crazy boat project you guys have going on is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It, uh, we were at the beginning of this, we were uh, troubleshooting a camera that has a bunch of salt, salty ports now. <laughs> um but uh but yeah uh we um that's that's uh, a product of 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 Lindsay. um she uh there's a company called mainco out of california out of la uh and they or san diego la la san diego they're on the west coast and um they came to us and asked if we want to do a co-production and that was like the first time we've been presented with that idea of, you know, that we give some of our resources, they give some of their resources, and we kind of combine our powers to tell a, a powers and resources. So like, we're kind of splitting the funds. Um, and we don't have a suitor up front, which is also a little strange, but it's kind of historically been something we've been comfortable with. Um, but historically we, we've taken all of the financial brunt and all the resources like have come out of, out of our uh, equation. So now adding Mainco kind of like hedges a little bit, like mm-hmm. the, the um, heavy, the lift or the, you know, the heaviness of the lift from a financial perspective um, and allows us to tell this big story about um, there's a, the first and only peace boat uh, called the Golden Rule, was a boat a boat that sailed out in harm's way of nuclear testing in the South Pacific, um, in the 50s, and they uh, the boat actually sank, <laughs> and then they uh, brought it out from the depths of you know of the ocean and then restored it and then in this kind of symbolic way they are sailing from uh, Hawaii to california and then kind of maneuvering their way across the country to bring awareness to like to nuclear proliferation and the challenges that still exist after all this time so there's a lot of interesting elements that like you know i I won't exactly go into um can't spoil you know yeah, yeah about indigenous culture and and um, you know, the impacts on on, soci- uh, on cultures in the South Pacific and, and um, different characters w- within this story that, you know, got arrested or have been, you know, fighting this battle for the past, you know, 70 years or, or 60 years, whatever the math is on that. Um, so these amazing characters and this amazing story with this amazing backdrop. Um, and so those are the kind of stories that it, like it's related to climate change because we have this, sort of tenuous battle with, um, with whether or not nuclear energy is a good thing or a bad thing. And so it's going to delve into some interesting topics. And so those are the kind of stories that kind of check, check a bunch of boxes. Like, are there good characters? Is it visually cool? Um, is it topical? Is it, does it, uh, pertain to either climate change or, or some form of, of, um, you know, uh, equity and inclusion, you know, um these are the kind of stories that we're trying to tell this year. So was it that was, cool. a, that was a that now was a long winded long-winded, long-winded <laughs> way to say that um we're in post production in, in that and we got amazing assets and you know some really cool footage and some cool interviews and um but yeah this this A7S was on the boat for the past 35 days and oh, wow. literally just just got back to us yesterday. So it was, it's been on like a fifty day journey between wow uh between you uh between FedEx and the boat and the sailboat.
0: But sure. So yeah. what's the goal with that for you guys? Like so you have a co-production, you guys are splitting the risk. What's the intended reward? Is this like a sell to distribution thing? Is it a feature? Like what's the goal?
1: Yeah, the the goal is um the goal is to well first off the goal this year is to is to stretch our muscles in these various capacities. So um, I think we set out this year being like, if we don't make, if we break even this year, we're like, we're fine. This is like a year of, it's like a year of like expansion of capabilities, and so we wanted a to do a co-production and do it with a, a company that we respect, that which is Mainco. Um, which has been super smooth so far it's been it's been amazing cuz they have great processes we have great processes and you can kind of marry those two great processes and equipment they had you know they they let us use the alexa mini for it and um and they had a uh, great rental house uh deal and all that sort of stuff so from all though all of that perspective it's been pretty smooth sailing so far um pun no pun intended was that pun intended i don't know but uh, but and, and uh <laughs> and then um so from here from here basically it it's like getting in co- it's like an excuse to get into conversations with like people like nat geo we we got um we got on a on a phone call with them and they were interested and intrigued and um it, well they were intrigued but not fully interested but it allowed us to kind of be show them that we were doing this kind of um elaborate project that was historical in nature and you know kind of got us on their radar of somebody who can potentially pull off these kind of things um so as we get trailers we'll continue to reach out to them um so it it's just basically like getting like kind of testing our ability to use our past reputation and our current team and process to move into the, into like the original content realm. Yeah. So that's very, whether cool, or right? not, whether or not it sells just to recoup costs or sells at a loss or sells, you know, it, or, or if we um, find a partner that wants to make it a bigger story, that's like a, a longer documentary form or, or, or something like that. I know we're just kind of like open for these different opportunities and it's kind of good to like, go down these paths and learn and learn things along the way, I guess, you know? Yeah. And if, and if nothing happens from it and it's just a, something we put on our Vimeo, it will just be one of the more expensive <laughs> videos we put on our Vimeo. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. Yeah. I think flexing, I think sense.
2: flexing, flexing our muscles is a good way to put that. Flexing our, our creative and logistical muscles as a team is a good way to put it. Cause we did the same thing with EarthX this year. We, we created our first pilot for a series. And, uh, it was just a really good, um, test to, to run our team and all of our processes that we've been building up until this point to run them through the paces and, and actually deliver a really cool, um, beautiful pilot for, for a series. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's again, kind of back to those goals of kind of doing, creating original content and series development. It's like us heading down that path and just steering the ship slowly, not diving in full on, just kind of like moving, moving the ship in that direction
0: right that makes a lot of sense and i feel like it's funny you guys say that because i feel like i've been in a very similar just like headspace about this year that's like don't have to make a bunch intent on taking some risks and driving some new opportunity um and i actually had i mean not not a similar opportunity in a lot of ways but i've been talking to someone about a feature doc um and basically they're looking for someone to uh direct and and shoot it um and the what we've been talking about is basically this idea that like they have a budget but that it would be like we we use the budget on expenses i'm investing time and in creative they're investing financially and then we split whatever the back end is and so that's another like maybe there's a payout there maybe there isn't but for me it's an opportunity to do a feature and i feel like that would be a really good thing to have sort of under the belt and on the resume and hopefully it's good and even if it's not it's a good lesson to learn and um so i feel like that's where i've been i've been in a similar space and just sort of looking for opportunities like that to to flex new muscles and new formats um how do you guys decide what's a reasonable risk and like is this something that you guys like set money aside for for projects like this or you just sort of check the coffers and see what we can afford to to leverage into something or how do you think about like hey we want to flex some muscles this year you know because i think uh from the outside again i would just guess uh from where you guys were to where you guys are now having a team and the resources it takes to pull off these things it can get scary sometimes to actually put a significant amount of resources like you're not playing with rambo day amounts of money to make a feature about a boat like so how do you think through that sort of stuff and handle that as a as a company, and as two dudes at the end of the day, you know? <laughs> like it's easy to think of it as Gnarly Bay, but it's like Dan and Dana having to put money on the line to make something cool, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think that uh, this year we're just we're just a little more open to, uh, you know, kind of to, to that risk. I think at some point once we. Take a couple risks, then we will kind of assess. I think historically we've never taken enough risk to need to assess. You know what I mean? Like we've always, it's like, like, uh, you know, and and I guess we were smaller in these various stages, you know, like Rambo Day, like you're saying, like it's a little lower risk, even though it, it did take a lot of resources, like we probably literally didn't have other work at the time. So we were just like, you know, using that time, like it felt like we're using that time wisely. And now like in order to pay for the overhead, it does really feel like you are like, like that the, yeah, that the, the burn rate is, is so much faster, you know, um, that you do have to be more strategic with it. And, um, so it, it, it is an interesting question. We've we've been talking about it recently. I mean
2: It's funny, um, I feel like I feel like the answer to that will will surface in about a year or so. I think we'll Yeah. because this year is a it's another growth year and I think um we're not only trying to, to find and tell more meaningful stories, but it's also we're trying at the same time in doing that, we're actually developing relationships and relationships with potential suitors or potential um, networks. Or platforms that want that are like-minded and will actually partner with us to tell those stories. So I think once we develop those relationships, then a year from now we can kind of look back, look at the time and the money, and be able to assess stories a little bit more um, strategically, and and have a really good idea. And be like, yes, that story checks all the boxes that we want to tell, but not only that, it checks the boxes for a potential sale, and and or a potential suitor or a potential brand to come on board and fund. And I think we'll have a way better idea of. Of navigating those waters and eliminating the risk, even if it's big risk, we can have a way better idea of right. um, how we're going to fund it in the back end, as opposed to now it's just kind of we're, we're in a little bit of a learning phase, and that's and right. I think we're okay with that. Right.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely a little a little risky right now because we've we've done. I feel like we used to kind of set aside one or two passion projects a year. And then there was a bunch of downtime, like busy work kind of thing that maybe turned into passion projects. Um, and this year, it just seems like we've we've been kind of almost wall to wall passion projects. So at some at some <laughs> point, we do have to kind of um, we do have to sort of like focus in on 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 how to how to like figure out what what should we should take on or what mm-hmm. what we should you know what we should kind of because I think that there is the you do run the risk of then you like, I don't know, like, uh, there, there is a certain risk of, of, of like, at some point, like that, that thought of, of like, that we can't take on commercial pro like, basically like if our passion projects are so fun and cool that it's going to be harder to motivate the team to do like commercial projects or yeah. motivate ourselves to do commercial projects. And, and like, you do have to kind of like keep yourself honest by bouncing back and forth, you know, um, to between both worlds, you know, cause if you live in one world for too long, then you, it's harder to go back to the commercial world and be like, Oh, this is no meaning. You know, this right. isn't, this isn't meaningful to me, but at the, at <laughs> you have to have a, a healthy understanding that those commercial projects paid for those fun projects you know right um so
0: and i guess that's where i was just curious and i don't know i don't know that there's a a system like i feel like it's always sort of this gut check of how you've done and what the opportunities have been and when you bet on yourself but i think if i remember correctly when i talked to the guys from neighborhood film co I feel like they said that they almost take like a percentage of revenue and stick it in like a passion project account. And we're like, at least once a year, we're just going to find a way to burn this basically. Um, And I was like, that's sort of a cool idea to just like make you do it too, instead of just like waiting around for it. Um, But, you know, there's, I know there's different mindsets as far as people's financial systems, but I just didn't know if you guys have anything like that in the way you look at those sorts of things.
1: Well, I think, I think it's important also to know like, like how much, like when when you, we have 10, 11 employees um, total, including Dana and myself, and also just knowing what we cost on an hourly basis. And, and then, cause it, it, those sort of accounting things, we haven't been super sophisticated with that until recently. Um, and it was almost better not knowing because <laughs> like, <Yes>. n- <laughs> and then you start knowing like, Okay, shit. Like that—that project really did cost thirty thousand dollars. Like that's crazy. Like that's scary. Um, When you thought it was just like a a, like a little bit of a fling, Um, and you know, and so I think that from the neighborhood perspective, like maybe we would be. I mean, that sounds like a great concept, but also a very calculated concept. And we haven't historically been that like sophisticated and calculated, um, but I think we've always kind of thought of like the 20% rule, you know, like with Google and just like leaned on that knowing that like, knowing that if one day a week is, is dedicated to doing something cool and that extrapolates over, you know, uh, wh- whatever that is, what's 20% of the year, like a, a month or two, two months. Two months, like if two months of everybody's time spent on passion projects, then we're, we're still moving. Like if, if we kind of like, like, you know, simplify it, I guess, to that, to that extent of like, does that simplify anything?
2: (laughs) I don't know. it's (laughs) It's tough to say though, because I feel like the, the, the end goal is to kind of fuse that passion work with, with paid work. So that's right. why it gets murky in my opinion i mean the the goal is that you know if we can find these cool stories that everybody can get behind and it can and can still find um you know funding somewhere, then that's that's kind of the ultimate goal so it's it's weird it's hard to really define it. I mean, I think we kind of have historically kept that in our brain like a certain amount of time throughout the year, but it is hard to kind of just put a bucket of funds because I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then also, you have a you have a team. It's like everyone have, has different passions. I guess that's the other thing. That's a challenge. It's like what is. What might make some one team member excited might not make the other team member as excited. Right. I don't know. It is a little tricky. I don't know if we've gotten that formulaic, but it's a cool thought for sure. Yeah.
0: No, I, I mean, I, I think that's just where it's interesting. Uh... I think from, like, the time thing, it totally makes sense. And and even the financial thing, I think it's just interesting to me this idea that, like, um, committing resources to sort of reinvesting in yourself, you know? And I think outside of just, like, we'll buy a new camera, we'll buy more monitors, or we'll find something else. Like, there's always ways that we can sort of, like, spend money on the business. But, like, stuff that's actually, whether it's, you know, look at it as your own marketing and branding, look at it as uh, an opportunity to do something you love, look at it as, you know, maybe it's an opportunity to take a trip. But I think that idea of just like setting aside resources for reinvestment, um, and being your own client in some ways is, is an interesting idea. Cause it's really easy to just have all the money disappear somehow, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we have gotten to tra- like started to track it. And I think that you know, like track it in some sense and, and also treated, um, passion projects like real projects, you know, so that like, cause if you, as you start including more people, it is, you know, you do have to kind of like schedule editor time and schedule, you know, have like a deadline basically, basically yeah. like, I think in the past when it was just Dana and I making things. Uh, you know, um, we didn't have to have deadlines. It could it could stretch out over months. You know, but like I think we've realized that a we should probably finish it and put it somewhere, and then b like you know like the way to do that is to you know make sure that we track hours and and have a deadline associated with it so that we can look at it at the end of it and be like, ooh, that was a lot of time and, and resources. Yeah, you know, um, uh, but then and then also the distribution thing. We were never sophisticated with that. And Lindsay's been helping us immensely with that. Um, distribution for us used to be put it on Vimeo and hope for the best and literally maybe not even tweet about it or put it on like Instagram about it or, or whatever. It was just like, okay, boom, that's out in the wild. Hopefully somebody watches it kind of thing. Um, and recently we've been trying to come up with more sophisticated um, distribution strategies still haven't like nailed that one but like you know at least we have a rolodex of people we can reach out to who might amplify it in some sense you know so it's tough I don't know I don't know what your thoughts are on that but
0: it's another tricky thing I mean it's something that I feel like I've been honestly the thing that forced me to learn more about that was just trying to like relaunch the podcast and stuff because I found that like the algorithm was way over me. It's it's honestly like it's super frustrating because like having done this before and like gotten it up to a decent sized thing and then taking a break and coming back, it's like both YouTube and the podcasting, whatever, and even Instagram just like do not care. And it's really frustrating to have like a couple thousand YouTube subscribers, whatever. I have like 11,000 Instagram followers and watch something get out to like 300 people. Um, And so it sort of forced me to go back in and be like, okay, how does this whole dumb algorithm thing work? Um, (laughs) And so I'm trying to figure out how to balance uh, sort of like, I feel like some element of like creative and personal authenticity not being cheesy with like the little things that the algorithm likes to promote engagement and stuff, because that helps your stuff get out there more. Cause it is this fine line of like, you know, I'm not doing any of this to be Instagram famous, but it is only helpful if anyone sees or hears it. And so like, how do you walk that line of like, I don't think any of us really enjoy self promotion. Um, you know, no one likes going click, like, and subscribe at the beginning or end of any video. There's nothing fun about that. But unfortunately, the way the game works now, that is a little bit of it. And so I've been learning a lot of little stuff with even just like the whole like carousels on Instagram um, because Instagram considers the swipe through an engagement. And so like even if people aren't liking and commenting, if they're swiping through your stuff, that's good. And so like just posting more than one thing, I don't know. It's like little stuff like that that's on the distribution side I've been learning. And I think the one thing that's good about it as much as I can resent it is it makes me... Uh, a lot more empathetic to like clients and agencies when doing actual work to like all the pieces they need to properly roll something out well, you know? Cause I think earlier on it was like, here's a file, figure it out, you know? Um, and now thinking through titles and descriptions and thumbnails and the different assets they may need to get something out there for people to actually see it, uh, I think is, is only helpful, even if it's not, you know, my role in any given job, it's just a helpful context to have. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's been like a, you know, an evolving process
1: for us. Like, but like, just like we have to like learn as soon as possible because it's, it's just the game, right? Yeah. It's like, um, like as far as for clients, just having putting, being able to put the main asset into a blender and be able to make it into a bunch of different cut downs and thumbnails and promotional assets and all that sort of stuff. But also for us personally, knowing that like, growing an audience is is only gonna help so mm-hmm. that these passion projects are more impactful um I don't know if we'll be able to like really drink the kool-aid and really do it It's not really in our nature, but like hopefully organically it happens somehow and we just keep <laughs> putting things out we're trying to be a little bit more like regular with it I mm-hmm. guess or or consistent is the word right yeah um and and I guess we've we've at least crossed the, the threshold of knowing that it's important, you know. But I think for years we just like kind of rebelled against it from our own personal like feelings about it. But unfortunately, the world won, <laughs> or the yeah. world, like, you know, you either change the world or the world changes you. And I think we have to like change our ways a little bit, you know. So I'm yeah. still
2: I'm still going kicking and screaming. But
0: I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it really it. is it's a it's a conflicted thing. I struggle with that even just with like the you know, I don't know, I like I like making some of this kind of content, partially because it's the content that I always wish existed when I was starting out stuff, and so it's like I, I hope it's helpful to people and hearing that it's helpful to people is always good, but it is like it's so frustrating to look at like the stuff that does really well on things like YouTube and just be like there's the stuff that I want and there's the stuff that I feel is gonna do well, and it's like do you dabble a little bit in both and try and like play the discovery against the doing the thing you want to do? Do you just sit in and do the thing you want to do and screw, you know, anything else? I don't know. It's a, it's a tough space to be in. Um, and I think that's part of where like the fear for me that kicks in is like that every little bit of playing the game that I do somehow invalidates the like serious side of what I do. Um, and so that's even something I've been playing with with like like a small example of that is like Instagram reels right now are stupidly high on, en- on engagement and reach like Instagram just pumps reels out to people like it's no one's business um, hmm. compared to anything else I can put on Instagram reels do super well. As a format, I hate TikTok and Reels. I hate to swipe and get a new video. I hate the. I hate everything about it. Honestly, it like goes against my soul as like someone who makes content that says something. Um, but I've been playing with just like trick, finding little ways to trickle out Reels to hope to rope in some more people and then feed them into stuff like this that, you know, I think is actually more interesting. But every time I make a reel, it hurts my soul a little bit. And I'm like, someone's judging me. Someone's like, ah, you're an idiot, you know, which I am. Maybe I am. Maybe I should just stop doing it. But it's a tricky balance, you know, and I think especially as the world gets more and more TikTokified. I feel like it's easy to be grumpy old men about it. And I think it's okay. Like, I I don't know. I don't like TikTok still personally. But I think uh, figuring out how to play a little bit of the game the world wants you to, you know, it feels a little bit like when the people before us were like, DSLRs aren't real filmmaking. And and it's like, well, it's the way it is now, man. Sorry. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I I think it's more so the commodification of of content, right? Like, there's just like main lines content into your veins you know or into your brains um and and that's the thing that's just that's the tough thing to get over you know is that like that the stuff that we make you know the the thought of somebody sitting through even a three-minute video is like a stretch you know um and then also like we just made the uh uh film called recomposed
0: yeah dude so cool
1: uh, cool yeah Thank you. And and so that's an example of like why, why you know, but like there are many reasons that we, we could say why we think that that was important. But um, one of the things I thought was interesting is that even myself, I had only watched that on iMac, you know, like I had, you know, throughout the whole process of Frame.io and giving feedback and all that sort of stuff and then watching on the phone. And, and then I watched it on my projector at home with, like, nice speakers and stuff, finally. And it's, like, a whole different film. You know what I mean? Like And, and the thought that most people will only watch that – and I, I say it's a whole different film because of the sound design and the
0: mm.
1: sound effects and the mix. And, like, it, it's so meticulously done by Jared and Jordan that, like, even me here, like, I feel like I didn't see the film until I – took the effort to put it onto a screen. And I think it's um, it's wild to think that most people will watch like the first 20 seconds silent, maybe give it a like and then move on. <laughs> you know, it's just like... Yeah. And, and so like, uh, one of one of the things that we're excited about as far as community building in Westerly specifically is that there's this new theater going in in town, the United Theater. So we hope to have like film nights and we hope to have um you know, a yearly film festival that can kind of like present some of our friends' work in in like a darkened room with other humans and, you know, um just hope to as we move past the pandemic to kind of like bring a little bit of that back, you know? So it's just a a, a lofty goal, I think. But that, that's related to the TikTokification of the world that it just autoplays and it just like it's just like Boom! 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 Like keep scrolling and yeah, yeah. keep keep uh, emoting. Make me that, laugh, I, clown.
2: <laughs> I think that's that's necessary. Though. I think we we need that. Like that that idea of creating something that's presented in a film festival is you're back to that kind of you're giving somebody an experience, and that's just so much more important than. I mean, this this we're slaves to this content, and it's just it kind of drives me insane. And I like the idea of getting people in person together and all kind of having this shared experience around a film that makes everybody feel a certain way and their phones are off or their phones are down and nobody's on their phones. And that's, that just feels, I don't know, something about that feels very nice (laughs) in, in this day and age.
0: That's it for this episode This is a good reminder that you should always check the battery level on your camera before you go into doing an extended podcast recording. If this podcast was helpful, please give it a like, leave us a rating and review, share it with a friend. We're really trying to build the audience and we have some really cool guests lined up. I'm not one for teasing, but you may have seen on my Instagram stories recently that Greg Frazier has agreed to come back on the podcast at some point soon. We're just working out scheduling, but uh, it helps us get big guests when we have people who listen to the show. So if you like the show, tell a friend send a link, put it on Instagram, do whatever you're going to do. Go raise awareness because it helps us bring this kind of content to you. If you want to check out the guys at Gnarly Bay's work, you can check out their Vimeo, their Instagrams. We'll have that all linked in the description. And if you want to learn more about our sponsors, you can visit assemble.tv or the core group website, which will be linked below. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week.